is the hymn that we are going to be talking about today on this Rumination Tuesday, April the 7th in the year of our Lord 2020. Awake my heart with gladness. And with us on the line is Pastor Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. A blessed Holy Week to you. Tell us about the hymn a bit. Well, it's a, well, hey, it's, it's, a, a, hey, it's, a it's a great Easter hymn. I lo- you know the 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 melody, the the tune is is even pretty good. It's not my favorite, but the words are so powerful. I mean, it's, it's such a it's such a great Easter hymn, and especially in light of the coronavirus and everything. I mean, uh, uh, those words uh, now after gloom and sadness comes forth the glorious sun. Um, this opening verse. My my Savior there was laid where no, no, our bed must be made. Mark, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Let's not go over the hymn till we get to it. Okay. So why don't you start with stanza one, please? All right, I sure will. Awake my heart with gladness, see what today is done. Now after gloom and sadness comes forth the glorious sun. My Savior there was laid where our bed must be made, when to the realms of light our spirit wings its flight. Now, how do you connect that with coronavirus? Well, I think particularly the word after gloom and sadness. You know, it is, it is you know, it's kind of a gloomy time. We can't even gather together in worship uh, as we usually do. I mean, what a strange uh, what a strange Holy Week this is. What a strange Lenten season. This, this is the first time in the history of America that churches have been closed on Easter. I mean, uh, wh- what a gloomy time that is. Uh, but but uh, in spite of that, you can't, hey, you can't destroy Easter. It's still, it's still a, a, a wondrous truth that Christ has, has conquered sin, death, and the devil by his death on the cross and by his rising from the tomb on Easter morning. Yes, because the phrase now after gloom and sadness doesn't really refer to problems that we're having with the disease. It's talking about the gloom and sadness that the disciples experience for Jesus being crucified and therefore comes forth the glorious sun is really referring to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Of course, of course. But, but you're saying that it's, as it's a brought Christian, home to us. It's brought home to saying, us because you know the 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 we we still have to wrestle with the devil, uh, our our sinful self, and the world. I mean, it, it it still rages against us. But you're saying that the gloom and sadness refers to anything that's occurring in our life. I think it. I think that's covered too. Yeah. And Easter come, Easter is still Easter still triumphs over the troubles and the woes that we face in our own day and age. It's kind of interesting the way they spell the word sun. Yes. Yeah. The well, sun, the rising sun, the rising sun is a metaphor for our rising Lord. What they're saying is S U N not S O N. Right. And so Jesus is the light of the world, and the verse is talking about the Savior there was laid 
where our bed must be made when to the realms of light our spirit wings its flight. What's the realms of light? Well, when our Lord, this very day, you'll be with me in paradise. Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll read two. The foe in triumph shouted when Christ lay in the tomb. But lo, he now is routed. His boast is turned to gloom. For Christ again is free in glorious victory. He who is strong to save has triumphed o'er the grave. Now, there was that movie recently uh, put out about Jesus' crucifixion, and we actually saw the devil in it, and he was really smiling when Jesus was being crucified, and it says his boast is turned to gloom. And that truly, therefore, would be a biblical concept that the devil is really upset over the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And Christ Christ himself descended into hell to, to let him know that uh, himself in, in, the, in person. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, where he proclaimed victory. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Uh, you know what I find interesting in this hymn? The last hymn we sang on the Sunday before Ash Wednesday had hallelujahs in it. One would think that the first hymn we would sing for Easter Sunday would have alleluias, but this one doesn't have any alleluias. Did you notice that? Yeah, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't it doesn't need it because it's all it's filled with alleluias. They're they're understood, they're assumed because we see the triumph that Jesus has has uh has accomplished over Satan. And explain that by reading stanza three. This is a sight that gladdens, what peace it doth impart. Now nothing ever saddens the joy within my heart. No gloom shall ever shake, no foe shall ever take. The, the hope which God's own Son in love for me has won. And another, so I think that's... another terrific verse. I think that's where you're getting the idea from the first verse, after gloom and sadness, because the word gloom is mentioned in this third verse. No gloom shall ever shake. That means it doesn't really matter what's happening to you in life. Any suffering, including the coronavirus and the fear of it, will ever shake. The hope which God's own Son in love for me has won. Now, how does God's love, how does that help us in our gloomy days? It helps us to keep, it, it helps us Christians to keep things in perspective. There's no doubt, you know, we're all, we're all troubled by this uh, virus. We're separated from each other. Uh, some of us, sadly, are even separated from our loved ones if they're, if they're taken home. But, uh, Again, it keeps it keeps things in perspective for us. We we realize that uh, n not even death itself uh, shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think that's really an important point you made 
that we're not talking about your actual experience here on earth that's going to be wonderful we're talking about your perspective on what's happening that in light of the cross you have nothing to lose and all things to gain and that jesus will get you through anything even if it leads you to leaving this veil of tears yeah, I think of that one, and I can't give you the reference, the biblical reference, but uh, it says, your joy, no one taketh from you. Yes, yes, because the joy is based on the promises. That's really important to remember, the promises of God that will lead us to salvation and where all things will work together for our good. That's part of uh, the reason we have joy, even in the midst. Uh, Look at a funeral. Is there joy there in the midst of uh, that problem of the death of someone? There are are for Christians, although if you ever go to a funeral that isn't, that isn't distinctly Christians and and uh, it's not maybe not a, a Christian family. It's there's a different note there. It's just sadness. But you go to a Christian funeral. Yes, there's sadness over the grave. There's sadness over separation from loved ones. But we know, you know overarching all of that, we know that uh, we will see our loved ones again for sure. That verse we, you mentioned. We know they're with our it, Lord Jesus. That verse you mentioned, how did you uh, say it? Joy what? Your joy, no one taketh from you. Oh, yeah. No one taketh from you. Yes. And uh, is that in the New Testament or the Old, or do you even know? I think it's, I think it's in the New. I think it's New Testament. Yeah. I, can't, I can't put my finger on the, the verse, but it just comes to mind. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. And, and you know, I, okay. I don't know if this is hate. I don't know if I'm correctly. I'm I'm absolutely correct on this. I always differentiate between happiness and joy. Happiness yes. is the you know happiness is the good fortune that we you know when we when we share good fortune with others and um, we're happy about it. But that's different than joy. I I, I differentiate between the two. Joy is something. Uh, uh, it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. That is a really important point because what's the uh, phrase often used about that the goal of being American is to be happy? Yeah. And boy, they really miss it in comparison to the joy that a Christian has even in light of yeah. not being happy. All right, verse 4. Now hell, it's prince the devil, of all their powers are shorn. Now I am safe from evil, and sin I laugh to scorn. Grim death with all its might cannot my soul affright. It is a powerless form, however it rave and storm. Some really good um, translation, you know, by Paul Gerhardt and then translated into the English. Now, it says, 
uh, sin I laugh to scorn. That really needs to be explained. Are we to laugh about our sin? What does that so mean, I laugh to scorn? Well, the the devil likes nothing but to remind us of our sin. The, the devil loves yes. to air our, our dirty laundry before us. And now, you know, we can laugh right in his face, so to speak, because Christ has taken all our sins away. He's washed away all of our sins in, in holy baptism. And we can, you know, whenever he whispers in our ear, you miserable sinner, you call yourself a Christian, look at all the past sins you've committed. Das ist der Teufel. That's, that is the devil. That's, uh, you know, that's the devil whispering in our ear. And now we can laugh right in his face. We can laugh him to scorn because we know that Christ has, uh, has atoned for all of our sins. He's taken our guilt. He's taken our, uh, our uh, he's, he's pronounced us not guilty. He and that's can, what's important. Yeah, he can keep, that was a really good point, keep reminding us of our sin for the purpose of causing doubt in our hearts that we're going to be saved because of sin. But we laugh, we don't laugh to scorn the sin, we laugh to scorn the devil. Right. All right, stanza five. The world against me rages, its fury I disdain. Though bitter war it rages, its work is all in vain. My heart from care is free, no trouble troubles me. Misfortune now is play, and night is bright as day. How do you understand misfortune now is play? It's... It's, yes, we suffer misfortune, but we don't take it too much to heart because we know that uh, all things work together. As you said earlier, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And no matter, you know, misfortune, no matter how grim it may seem, uh, that Christ has promised to work that out for our ultimate good. We we can, you know, we can we can laugh at it in a way. Yes, we've already put the devil to scorn, and now our heart is free from care. Now, what are you going to say to Christians who feel that their heart is not free from care and trouble troubles? Them? What what's going on there if? A Christian is supposed to not be troubled by trouble. Well, I would try to help them keep things again in perspective. And and you, you got to be careful doing this because, you know, people, even fellow Christians are still troubled. You know, the, our loved ones still die. The grave is still there. Uh, we have uh, difficulties in our life. Uh we we suffer we suffer the cross we take up our cross and follow but you you again you've got to help them keep these things in in perspective in light of Christ's triumph and and that he promises never to leave us never to forsake us and he will bring us through uh this the the present difficulty would you agree with me therefore that when our 
heart is not free from care and trouble troubles us, that's really an aspect of our old Adam within us that's causing that, not the new man, which has that newly created heart. And the Bible says that heart is free from care. Yeah. The Romans 7. The things I want to stop from doing, I'm always doing, etc. Yeah, the good that I would, I do not. Yeah, the good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not, that I end up doing. Yeah, we, our, our old Adam, our old Adam, our old sinful nature does, does like to, to, to get us down. Um, and the troubles are real. Let's not kid ourselves. Right. But, but uh, nevertheless, in light of what Christ has accomplished by His cross. By his resurrection, misfortune now is play in, by comparison. It really is in in uh, uh, in the in the big picture, the big picture that we Christians have. I mean, we we still suffer the cross. That comes later in verse uh, seven. Uh, we we take up our cross and follow, but nevertheless, the crown is still reserved for us there. Well said. All right. I'll read six. Now I will cling forever to Christ my Savior true. My Lord will leave me never, whate'er he passes through. He rends death's iron chain. He breaks through sin and pain. He shatters hell's grim thrall. I follow him through all. Now, what I found interesting in this verse, Mark, is my Lord will leave me never, whatever, I thought it would read, whatever I pass through. But he says, whatever he passes through. What's the difference? Boy, that is a good point. That's an interesting point. Yeah, you think, think, uh, go ahead. Take a look at the next verses, or the next statements. He rends death's iron chain. In other words, when I die, he's with me there. He breaks through sin and pain. He's passing through. Remember Hebrews said that Jesus sympathizes with us. He suffers with us, that we're not going through this alone he, the, the verse right before says, my Lord will leave me never. Now imagine uh, you have a wife, let's say she's going through some pain or some illness. You're going to be also experiencing that because of your love for her and your partnership. So that that's what Jesus does for us. He's the one, whatever he passes through, he will make it to our good. That's right. That That's really a interesting He suffers. Verse. When, when we suffer, he, he hurts with us. He suffers with us. The church, his bride. Uh, well, I think when, uh, didn't he make the statement to the Apostle Paul that, uh, uh, you're you're persecuting 
me and you're persecuting you when you persecute the church you're also you're also uh persecuting me oh yes yes um, he said that to Saul of Tarsus well it comes all the way back to Moses you know why did you bring us out into this land where we have no water etc and Moses says you know you're not criticizing me you're criticizing God that's right and that's a really important point you make that we got to remember that that anytime we don't properly confess our sins we're always blaming God somehow now you mentioned stanza seven so go ahead and read that and we'll go from there Okay, he brings me to the portal that leads to bliss untold, whereon this rhyme immortal is found in script of gold, who there my cross has shared, finds here a crown prepared, who there with me has died, shall here be glorified. What's the portal? I think he's. I think he's talking about um, the uh, the the eternal kingdom. He's talking about what will uh, what will be bestowed upon us, his eternal kingdom of heaven on the last day. I think you're right because right down there it says that's where you're going to find your crown prepared. Right. And the Bible and will be Revelation says that. Yes. Will be glorified. There, that's key. Yes. Who there, who there with me has died shall here be glorified. Yes. So that would be definitely the final day of judgment. So it starts with revelation of Jesus' resurrection. That's verse 1. Right. And goes all the way to, of course, our salvation in heaven. Yeah, the resurrection, our own resurrection on the last day, when we're raised glorified. Yes. And um, wherein this rhyme immortal is found in script of gold. So rhyme is usually a part of a poem or a saying. And who there my cross has shared finds here a crown prepared. When do we share in the cross of Christ? Well, Jesus says himself, he says, take up your cross and follow. But be thou faithful unto death, be, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give unto thee the crown of life. We Christians then, bear our own cross. We, we are under the cross right now in this world. There is, uh, in fact, we're, we're told there's more persecution going on in this day and age than there ever was. Yeah, I'm not sure that's what Gerhardt meant, that who there my cross is shared. Um, I think it's really referring, and it's not mentioned anywhere in this hymn, surprisingly, baptism. That's okay. where we share the cross of Christ. Yeah, good point. Excellent point. Yes, right. Baptism connects us to all those blessings that were won for us by our Savior on the cross. That is absolutely true. So it looks like next week we'll be continuing with hymns in the season of Easter. And so we'll get ahead of time taking a look at what hymn 
and that'll be for Rumination Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow on Law and Gospel will be a Bible study for your enjoyment. I'm Tom Baker, Mark Smith. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.